Hey Faith Church, I'm Claire Kingsley and it's go time. We are releasing five podcasts prior to our 2021 Global Outreach Conference. The purpose of our go time podcast series is to meet our missionaries and hear what they're up to. They will also share a few ways you can be partnering with them in prayer. I strongly encourage you to take the time to pray for each missionary as the podcast episode ends. We're purposefully rolling these podcast episodes out before go time so you can catch up with them before you might see them at an event or hear from them during their seminar. Today's episode features our missionaries Jen and Isaac Stow. They live in Barcelona and serve with Youth for Christ. They've been doing vocational ministry for five years and have been partnered with Faith Missions Family for two years. They have a lot of stories to share and some exciting news about what's to come in the next year. The Stow's Hybrid Seminar is on Monday, September 20th at 7 p.m. Here's my conversation with Jen and Isaac. Hi, Jen and Isaac. Hi. Hi, Claire. Hey, on another day, we might be talking to you and you are in Spain, but you're not in Spain. Where are you right now? Uh, We're actually in Wheaton, Illinois. So we're with Isaac's uh, family here uh, and our sending church from here. And yeah, it's been fun so far to be with him. And you're on furlough right now? Mm -hmm. Tell us what that time is going to look like, how long it is, and what are you going to spend your time doing? Yeah, so we uh, have spent a couple weeks here already visiting Jen's side, Jen's family, and seeing them. We haven't um, seen them for several years. So um, we've done that already. And the next coming weeks are going to be in Wheaton. We'll be here for four weeks. And then we'll be in uh, Indiana for four weeks. And so by the end of the time on furlough, what, what do you hope it does for you in your ministry? Yeah, we, we're just really excited to see people um, hang out with the with the people that support us and are on our team um, and just uh, continue to see what's going on in their lives and share what we're doing in Barcelona. Um, we'd love to meet new people, especially at Faith, because um, we, we were there a couple of years ago uh, and we were able to meet some people and it was awesome, but we would love to make more connections there. Um, and so we're also hoping like the missionary conference is an opportunity for that. We're just really excited mm-hmm. about that. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think that'd be, that'd be it. Yeah. And then just raise the support that we need, but um, that's just <laughs> something that the Lord will provide. <laughs> We're just yeah. trusting him with that one. So. Yes. All right. And we'll get to that a little bit. Um, well, why don't you guys tell us a little bit more about yourselves, about your life and ministry, where you're located and the call to ministry. So we are Youth for Christ missionaries in Barcelona, Spain. Um, when I first became a Christian around 15 years old, I went on a missions trip to Italy and a missionary there discipled me, uh, for that particular summer. And then two other summers I went back. Um, so I was getting discipled by this, uh, this missionary who, who lives in Spain or lives in uh, Italy actually. Um, and I kind of just got to see firsthand what, what ministry is like and what God does in people's lives, uh, through people who are um disposed to be able to um to talk about him with others um so we we met in college jen and i that was when i was in high school 15 16 year old we we went to Wheaton college um we met each other in an anthropology class and uh, we went on a date after that and the first conversation that we had was about um if we saw each other as uh, missionaries in the future um 
and um, we continued to date through through college, through Wheaton College, and then um, we graduated and I got married five days after graduation. <laughs> And then uh, spent some time in the Wheaton area. Jen was working in Chicago, and uh, I was doing my master's in intercultural studies and TESOL. And um, from there, we just felt God's call on our lives through various circumstances. I don't know if Jen will want to elaborate on that, but through some circumstances that he used in our lives, we realized that uh, it would be, I think, what his call was to go back to Barcelona and to. Um, be in Jen's hometown, really, uh, in, in Barcelona, because Jen is originally from Barcelona, so. Yeah, um, yeah, so in terms of context, um, so my grandparents are Rufus and Violet Dodrell, um, and they went to faith for, like, many, many years, um, and had five boys, and one of those boys is my dad, Mark, and um, my mom, Stephanie Dodrell, and they're, like, a part of the missions team at faith. And so I grew up, actually was born in Barcelona, grew up there my whole life in Spain, um, and only moved to the States for college. And I didn't really know that I wanted to be a missionary because, you know, my parents were missionaries and I kind of wanted to explore other things. Um, and so after college, I got a job at a marketing company and was doing, I did a lot of um, communications and theater in college and loved acting and you know so different different kind of interests but I always loved ministry and I was um, always being drawn back to it in some way you know discipling the women on my floor or like being an RA or you know some sort of thing in college um, and so eventually it kind of became clear um, you know kind of having Isaac too who just like really wanted to live somewhere cross-cultural and be a missionary and mm -hmm. teach English and you know so it kind of came together really well um, and so yeah so we decided to join Youth for Christ and actually just be a part of my parents ministry in Spain so we're kind of workers and we work alongside them there mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. Okay, thank you for sharing, giving us some context and mentioning your parents, because a lot of people at Faith know your parents, even a lot of maybe young, young adults who have done it, uh, mission trips, you know, going to serve alongside your parents. And now is an opportunity for people to get to know you also. I think they know you as their daughter, but not as Jen and Isaac together doing ministry. So we want to know more about that. Um, so Jen and Isaac, why don't you guys tell us what you do together, what you're doing on your own, um, working for Youth for Christ, what does a normal day look like? What's your ministry zone or area? What are, your what are you focusing on? So uh, Youth for Christ uh, all over the world looks very different. So you could go to Youth for Christ down the street in Indiana and it would be very different than what you would see in, in Barcelona, Spain. But each Youth for Christ, uh, centers around um, giving namely King uh, and that through him you get to know who you are and who God is. Um, so all the, the events that we put on through Youth for Christ uh, center around that particular, that, that particular focus. So we have, um, we have a center that we all go to. We, it's an office space and all the activities that we do uh, come in through, through the doors um, and they, they really come to us. We don't do a lot of going out on the street and handing out pamphlets. We don't really, um, 
we don't we don't really focus on those kinds of things. We really have events that equip the local church to be able to uh, help others in their congregation and so on. So our specific piece, um, sorry to be long-winded, but my specific piece is to um, teach English. Um, so that's sort of our uh, outward-facing ministry to the local community. It gives us presence in the local community. Um, it uh, lets people know that we exist, um, that we're a Christian organization, um, and the people who are in our English classes a lot of times are not are not Christians at all. So we get to have good conversations with them, invite them to youth group, invite them to uh, camp, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's probably what a, a normal day-to-day would look like for me, would be going into the office, teaching English classes, maybe having staff meetings, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, yeah that, that's probably where I would start. Yeah, so then I um, don't love teaching English. <laughs> I like don't have the patience for it. Um, but I really love the relationship with the parents um, and kind of that marketing side, more organizational. So Isaac and I together kind of run the English Academy for YFC. So it's cool because it's an activity that YFC puts on, um, but a lot of the income that comes in to the English Academy is used for the ministry uh, pieces of the organization. So that's really cool, um, the way that it you know, brings value to the mm-hmm to the place. Um, and so I do that kind of Monday through Friday. So it's a lot of like conversations with parents and putting up posters and designing things and running social media for that. Um, and then we both run, basically we're leading the middle school, middle school program on Friday. So we'll have like youth group. Um, it's interesting because since it's an organization that helps the local church, uh, in Barcelona, we kind of, create a youth group for kids that only have a couple of kids in their own youth groups. And so they can come to a place where maybe they're meeting with like 60 other people that are their age and they can have a time of worship and fellowship and good conversations and they can invite their friends to it. And it's um, just more of a relaxed environment to meet Jesus and to um, develop relationships with kids and have community and stuff. So that happens every Friday. So a lot of our week is like, deciding what games we're going to play and like meeting with our volunteers and um, helping them prep uh, the the talk for that week. And so we do a lot of like discipling our um, young adults who are usually the volunteers uh, and were previously middle schoolers who were then high schoolers who now are in college and they're like coming back to serve, which is really fun. Yeah, that's great. So before we talk more about your ministry, um, I think it's worth talking about what's going on in your own life, what God is doing in your life individually and in your marriage. Something that we talked about in our previous conversation um, as we're preparing for the podcast, you guys both mentioned over and over some the word transformation or God has just been transforming your heart um, in your own time with him and in your marriage. And so can you share a little bit about what God's been doing in your lives over the last year or two? And, um, and then tell us, how does that change how you go about your ministry? Hmm. Yeah, wow, that's a big one. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel that the Lord has really been uh, doing this big transformation piece for a lot of us um, through the pandemic and just this time, this kind of strange past couple of years. Um, but for us, really, we felt called to a different kind of rhythm of life in 
early 2020, like before, like January 2020, um, where we had just come back from visiting family in the States for Christmas. And we just really felt like the Lord was putting on our hearts to um, have a weekly day off and have a Sabbath and just rest um, and kind of incorporate more spiritual disciplines into our life. Um, and so that initiated a process for us that um, really became so transformational because even through the pandemic, like the four months that we were on lockdown in our little apartment, um, the Lord was really uh, moving in our hearts and showing us that transformation begins with one's character. Like I, God is more interested in transforming my character than he is in the things that I might be doing for him. Um, and so that was kind of a big piece. Um, yeah, that's kind of the beginning of it. But um, Isaac, why don't you like, share more of the like macro because you have the definitions yeah. <laughs> that are um, helpful. I love to start at the, the 10,000 foot view and then zoom in. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and daily we did this. Which <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <Just>, great. <laughs> so uh, I think it started with me thinking about how does God really transform lives? Uh, and that question was maybe not explicitly stated in my life, but I, I started to realize in the contexts that I was in, that I loved, I was very interested in understanding what God was doing in particular people's lives and getting to partner with God in, in helping that person uh, in how God wanted to help that person. Um, and that, that word transformation gets thrown around a lot, I think. Um, and I, I just became very interested in, in the whole process. I think um, learning that, you know, just teaching doesn't really provide transformation necessarily. Information isn't transformation. Um, and being a teacher, an English teacher, I saw that day in, day out with a very small thing like teaching English. Um, and then I started to see that there were parallels between teaching English and how God would teach people in their lives. Um, not through information, but, but through maybe experiences and patterns of thought and, and placing yourselves in, in environments where God can really interact with you and that kind of thing. So that, that led us to things like what Jen said, like Sabbath or spiritual disciplines, which create the environment for God to interact with you in your life um, in, in new ways and in new, in, in new in fresh ways too. Um, so yeah, uh, I could talk forever about that, but um, how I think that's it, a good yeah, place to like how did it look like for you that year, I guess? Oh yeah, the, during the pandemic, I think, uh, well, before the pandemic, uh, I had been working through my own uh, mental health stuff. Um, I was working through a bout of depression that I had to, I, I went and saw a counselor with, uh, for and, and all that. And I was coming out of that and I realized that there was something that I got in therapy that I didn't get in like friendships, I didn't get in, um, even in church contexts, there was something about that particular uh, learning that I got from being in therapy that um, kind of inspired me to, to, to look up like what does transformation look like. So um, going into the pandemic, I realized I needed to have rhythms or else all this stuff was going to come back, um, it was going to pile back on itself. So really taking um, taking charge of the fact that, okay, I need to develop some rhythms. And these rhythms started to come up with taking a day off, like Jen was saying, um, but not just taking a day off, intentionally doing Sabbath, as it describes in, in, in the scripture, you know? 
um, or intentionally taking on things like um, fasting, which I had never tried before, but I was like, there's something here to be learned. It's been learned over centuries of time. What am I missing? <laughs> so, How has this last year or two of your own transformation informing your ministry? Right. So in a lot of ways, I feel that uh, I just don't come to work so frantically anymore. Um, so there's something about resting once a week and um, coming into this space of like, okay, God is in control. Um, I, these kids don't depend on me for their transformation, you know, and they, and if I'm not available to them, like they will survive because God is the first person interested in what, um, in their transformation and what he's doing in their life. Um, so I think for me, it gave me this ease with, uh, ministry where, um, 99% of ministry is just showing up. And I just really learned that where it was like, I, um, I am, I am not, uh, the most important person <laughs> in this space. Like I can come and be a part of what's happening. Um, and the Lord will use me by his grace. Um, and it's okay when I take a step back. Um, cause it's really easy, especially in youth ministry. I found, um, to just get caught up in the kids stories and feel like I need to be there to kind of help them and feel really, um, you know, burdened by the things that they share. And a lot of them are going through really hard things. Um, and just realizing like, I'm not saving them. I have no power to like change their story or their context. All that I can be is kind of a helpful presence. And I think that really just switched the way that I was approaching ministry um, to say, you know, I'm just here with you in this space and I'm not um, doing things for God without God, but like God and I are here together and he's showing me what he's doing and I'm just joining him in that. Um, so that was a big transformation for me. With that being said, like you're mentioning yeah. about what God is doing. Tell us what God is doing. Do you have a story to share about what God is doing in your, in Spain right now that you guys get to be joining in and being a part of? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, maybe the story connects in, in, in maybe a couple of different ways with what you're okay. saying. Um, so, uh, through our own personal transformation, I had mentioned, um, that I, I, uh, was in therapy for a good amount of time, um, working through some, some depression and some of those roots of depression in my life were anchored in the fact that I couldn't express anger to myself. Um, and it's interesting because coming through that and realizing everything that there is to be realized about what anger is as an emotion and as, uh, as the energy it hits your body with that. Um, as I started to disciple, uh, a 12 year old boy who was coming out of our youth group, who was interested and asked me, would you mind discipling me? Uh, which is awesome. I love that. Um, he, the very first thing that we were starting to learn in the Sermon on the Mount, we started with the Sermon on the Mount was about, uh, about anger. What is the role of anger in your life? Um, and just taking seriously what Jesus says about do you have to live with anger? Is anger necessarily something that's helpful in your life? And we got to these roots through my own personal experience with what anger was and learning through, through my own yeah, personal experience, being able to help this boy um, learn how to start to extinguish areas of anger in his life. 
Um, and I think this is, in a small way, is a little bit of what God is doing in lots of contexts in Spain, using people to really help others encounter God, and not just encounter God as, an, as, as a one-time experience, but as, as um, something that is transformational enough to, be, to keep coming back and keep learning from him day in and day out, day out as a disciple. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's what I would want to share. Mm -hmm. Thanks yeah. for sharing. I appreciate you guys being honest about your own walks with the Lord. And that's difficult, especially to do um, over like it's a podcast is kind of one-sided. And so you can't hear how people are like receiving the information that you're sharing um, as they're listening a month from now and processing. But I trust that like, um, they'll be able to connect with you on this. Um, so thank you so much for being willing to share. So what are you guys looking forward to in your ministry? You're going to get back from furlough and we're still in this weird pandemic scenario, but what's next? Think like, you know, a year, two years out, what is, what's your ministry going to look like? You guys both are taking on maybe some different things that you're excited about. Um, why don't you share a little bit more with or share a little bit more about that um yeah so we so we're transitioning to lead the middle school program so we're really excited about that um so we'll hit the ground running in october um and we'll be kind of our co-leaders for that ministry um so i think the first uh six months we'll just be getting our feet wet with that and leading volunteers and creating material for the for the kids and just developing relationships with parents. Um, so we're really excited. Like we've been a part of that ministry for the past year. Um, and Isaac has been there for like the past two or three years, but we haven't necessarily led it. So I think I'm excited to just have that piece. Um, and then also we're getting ready um, to add a new member to our family. So that's very exciting. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yay. Um, it's not a dog, it's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, key information. <laughs> Sometimes I see on like Facebook or Instagram, people add like a, we're adding a family member and then it's like a dog bowl. And I'm like, that's different people. Yeah, definitely a baby. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm due March 4th. Um, so that'll be a big adjustment and we're excited just for, you know, sharing that with our friends back home, um, coming back and sort of, um, just prepping for that this new stage of life that we're really excited about. So, mm, congratulations, you guys! Yeah. Um, in terms of things, okay. So yeah, and then on uh, more of like a ministry note. So I have been um, doing a lot more theater in the city. So I've been involved. At kind of the pandemic made me realize I needed to meet more non Christians and be in spaces where. Um, missionaries don't go or like Christians don't go in the city. And so I've been involved in a lot of um, uh, play productions and like different classes with theater um, and met a lot of cool people who have no idea um, that people are still even Christians or believe in God. Um, so it's been awesome. I've had really good conversations and just started to develop relationships there. Um, so I'm doing that kind of on the side. Um, but then also I'd love to start um, a program at YFC with youth, uh, and do kind of discipleship at the same time that I train them as actors. Um, so I'd love to do more of that 
Um, so I don't know if that'll be something I'll start like right away or we'll have the baby and then um, begin something like that, kind of have to see. Um, and I just really love to have someone who comes alongside and maybe a volunteer that I could train and then they could, you know, take it over for the time that I'm away. But um, yeah, I kind of have to figure that out, but I'm excited for the prospect of that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on, like a lot of new things, a lot of, yeah, a lot of new things. So mm -hmm. seeing kind of what the Lord says, you know, pause on or like go ahead on. So those are kind yeah. of things in the bucket. Um, yeah. And for you, you have like big stuff guys. Uh, yeah. So, um, also being a part of the, the youth group, like Jenna had already said, and, um, teaching English classes, um, entering the second year of doing a master's in uh, clinical mental health, uh, which is, which is, takes up some of my time, but has, we've seen some really, um, cool things come out of this extra studies that we've done uh or what i've done specifically jen you guys are starting uh the youth group you're leading the youth group um in october you mentioned you also are talking about a discipleship group through theater tell us what are this the youth in spain like what's their openness openness to the gospel like and um maybe how is it just different from maybe some teens that are like our youth groups here in the united states or in indiana yeah. Um, so, so there's kind of a variety. I see, I'd say um, the kids that are um, in, in your general like secular context um, really don't have a concept for uh, Christians other than Christians in the Catholic church that are really, a lot of them are nominal believers. Um, and so it's kind of strange when you start to share because they don't necessarily have a context um, for Christianity apart from that. And so um, sometimes they're like, so is this a sect? Like, what's what what do you guys do? You know, um, and so I think their openness is definitely when they see or when they like connect with us on a relational level and they see like, Oh wow, these people really care about me and they really love me in and accept me the way that I am. That's kind of what draws them in to um, being open and interested in a relationship with God. Um, and I think also, you know, we have a, a student at the English Academy and she, we talk about her a lot in our letters because she's just like a blast, but also super strong atheist and like doesn't believe in God at all, but comes to all of our camps and like hangs out with us all the time. So it's kind of a strange thing. Um, and we pray for her a lot, but she's in Isaac's classroom. And, you know, it's funny because she will come in and she has a boyfriend um, and is 16. And so she's, you know, doesn't believe in God at all, but she's so intrigued by our relationship, like Isaac and, and my marriage. And she's like, so how does it work? You know, she, her parents are separated and, um, kind of had this really tough, um, relationship. And so she just doesn't get the way that relationships could be, um, just this mutual love and like, um, just sacrificial and so without just wanting to take something from the other person and so that is such an impactful thing for her um, so I just say like the youth in general they like they don't know what they don't know um, but 
uh, in a lot of ways, their openness to Christianity comes more through relationships than just like, oh, um, do you, are you interested in having a relationship with Jesus? They'd be like, uh, are you crazy? Like, what does that even mean? But um, as they come in contact with us, then they're more open because, you know, it comes through, wow, I, I really love the way that this these people are making me feel. Um, and so that's kind of been our way or like our experience with youth. Mm. What do you add to that, Isaac? Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. I, uh, the original question, if I if I remember, what, what's it like to actually talk with youth in, in Spain about Jesus and that kind of thing? Um, and it's interesting because a lot of these people just don't even don't even think it's it's still around. You know, <laughs> you, you meet people and you say you're a Christian yeah. through, you know, when when it comes out naturally in the relationship, and they said, oh, well, didn't even know that that's still around. Is that that's a thing that people actually believe in and um, <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because then you really do get to start from square one with them, you mm -hmm. know, which sometimes is the best thing in the world and sometimes it can be kind of overwhelming. Um, but uh, I've just had a lot of fun with uh, people in my English classes, talking with them and uh, not just with youth, but also with the adult classes that I have, um, introducing them to more, my style is a little bit more philosophical than maybe other people's style of talking about Jesus, but the uh, it, I found that the more you talk about deep things with the adults, the more they actually love it. They just don't get get that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there is something about uh, believing in God and, and believing in, in Jesus that allows you to go to deep places and understand the depths of reality and be able to be confident that there is sense and design here. Um, so you don't have to shy away from that. So my confidence in going to these places, I think, is... Uh, is interesting to them. And so we have some of the most fascinating conversations uh, yeah. that, I, that I've had in my life in these English classes because we, uh, we're all just passionate about just deep things and it's yeah. fun. It's so fun. And, you know, Isaac also creates a really safe environment for them. So they're sharing stuff that they would never talk about with their friends because part of it is just when you open things up to say, this is a place where you can share this. Um, people will just come up to you and they know, oh, okay, then I could maybe be open about this thing, right? Mm -hmm. Or when he's vulnerable about certain things, then these men in the class that are like 40 years old are starting to share stuff that they're not sharing with anyone else in their life. Um, so that's that's a really cool thing too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, well, our workshop is on um, evangelism and kind of sharing the gospel in, in different ways. So we'll be talking like tons more. We have lots of stories <laughs> about that. Um, so yeah. Looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, why don't we jump into the second portion of the podcast, which is just telling um, our listeners what it would be like to join your team. What is the need? What are some of your support needs that you have? Do you need... Um, your needs for prayer, give us some prayer points, your needs for financial support or encouragement. Tell us where you guys are at. Um, break it down for us if you can in dollars and cents. And especially with having a baby, what's that look like for you guys right now? Mm, yeah, um, I think I can speak to the prayer points. And then Isaac is the, the money guy. <laughs> so I'll let him do that part. Um, so I think a prayer point would would just be, you know, we want to be um, the best parents that we can be, obviously. Um, and so just the preparation um, for the baby. And, um, you know, Isaac talks to me a lot about how um, 
a baby is already learning so many things inside the womb. Like I can, the way that I handle stress and how um, relaxed I am and the way that I'm sort of um, taking care of myself really translates. So just that um, we would be able to take care of ourselves and in the midst of this busy season that it wouldn't um, kind of take away from uh, really preparing well spiritually and mentally and emotionally and physically for for having this addition to our team in March um, and that, you know, the Lord's grace would be on us when um, those sleepless nights come. <laughs> Hopefully we sleep through the night and our baby is perfect, but um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it can always be different. So we, yeah, just a lot of prayer for that. Um, so that'd be a big one. Um, and then just in this leadership role that we're taking on with the middle schoolers, that God would bring the the kids that he wants to be there. Uh, through the pandemic, we've seen kind of a big drop in attendance um, at the Fridays program. And so we really just want, um, would love for more kids in the city who don't know about it, who are really in small churches and like don't have opportunities to be with other middle schoolers their age, just that we would get the message out there that somehow they would come in contact um, with us and, and be able to come to, to YFC and just be encouraged there. Um, we have a group of maybe 15 right now, but we'd love for it to be like 30, you know, so just that, that, that group would expand and that we would, uh, be able to lead it well, that the Lord would help us and give us wisdom with that. Mm -hmm. Um, those are two big prayer points. Um, yeah. So along with our, our prayer needs, we also have, um, financial needs as well. Um, so going along with, um, our family expanding, uh, when we originally raised support, we were raising it for two people. So now we're raising it for three people. <laughs> um, so we uh, were, I mean, the specific number that we're trying to hit while we're here is um, 500 to 600 more dollars a month in, in monthly contributions, um, which uh, that number is specific because some people have dropped off our, our support uh, during COVID and uh, some people... Um, I moved on to other things and our family is growing, that kind of thing. But also because uh, we're interested in purchasing a vehicle. A lot of the ways that we get around now are, are through uh, biking biking, and the metro and carpooling with people. How which you do with you, a newborn baby? That's tough to do on a yeah. bike. I really tried. <laughs> I, I told my doctor, like, so can I bike while I'm pregnant? Like, is that a thing? And she's like, um well <laughs> so anyway i know i'm gummed but you know we're only a 20 minute walk away from work and so i'll be able to walk there but for example our church is kind of like an hour metro ride um and we have to transfer and take like a bus and a tram and um it would be a 20 minute drive in the car so that would be like such a different experience or my parents live about 15 minutes away by car but like an hour bus ride so just I don't know, like getting to the hospital um, safely. And I don't know, just there are a lot of different things that a vehicle would really help us with. Um, and then also being able to take kids to and from camp and not have to worry about borrowing people's cars or carpooling, figuring those things out. Yeah. I think that would just really help us. Um, so that's kind of within that monthly um, support need, but mm -hmm. yeah, kind of in a practical way. Okay, good. Thank you guys for bringing that down for us. All right. Tell me you guys, tell me a story about God's provision in your lives. Maybe a time when you felt like ministry might be falling apart or something's not going as planned and how did God show up? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So 
I think in a lot of ways, the pandemic did this to a lot of ministries in Spain and mm -hmm. actually many ministries shut down uh, and we did lose um, some staff uh, during the pandemic. But um, I think it was just really hard to be home and to think about all the kids who were at home with their parents and maybe some in really good context, but others living in really not good context um, and just the burden of that and not being able to do anything physically for them. Um, so during that time, I just remember uh, that we were, you know, in this process where the Lord was kind of leading us into silence and solitude and a lot of prayer and a lot of just um, this kind of monastic life, right? <laughs> Being shut in. So we, what can we do? Um, and we don't have, you know, we didn't have kids at the point to entertain us. So we were just like, just the two of us. Um, and so yeah, I just started praying a lot. Like I would look at other people's apartments and like look outside my window and just pray specifically like, Lord, meet people in their bedrooms, like by themselves, like in their apartments that you would bring them to know you, that you would be doing things in their lives. Like I would pray for the names of the kids in our middle school group, but then just like strangers for, for people to just come. And that when we came back from the pandemic, we would see people come to know Jesus and that they had just met him by themselves in their room. Like I was like, God, you can do that. So just make it happen. Um, and it was so cool. Uh, so about maybe four months later. So like in the fall, when we started to do more activities, we were on a hike with the uh, young adults. And I just started talking to this one girl who was new and she started sharing her story with me. And she was like, yeah, so I've actually only been a Christian um, since um, like April. And I was like, oh, April. That was like in the middle of lockdown. And she's like, yeah, um, this guy kind of shared with me about Jesus. And I um, saw this movie and it wasn't even a Christian movie, but I just felt like the relationship the dad had with the, with the son really touched me. And I felt like God was saying like, that was the relationship that he had with me. And he'd given his son to like die for me. And I um, just in my room felt like I had this experience and I just said that I wanted to to be a Christian and I like wanted to know God and I wanted God to come and live in my life. And I am like walking behind her and like tears are falling down my face. And I'm just really sensing the Holy Spirit be like, yep, I answered your prayer um, in this way, but also in like so many other ways that you're you not know, going to know. Yeah. That I won't know, but just having the nugget of being able to see the fruit of her life. And she's actually from my hometown. So that's another super cool thing of like, wow, she is now a Christian. And when she came out of the pandemic, she was sharing with all her non-Christian friends that she had had this transformation and with her parents and like just the way that she's being light right now. And she walked into one of the churches in the neighborhood and was like, so I'm a Christian. What do I do here? Like, help me. And is a part of the youth group there. I mean, it's just so cool. Um, wow. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Praise God. And what a privilege. I mean, oftentimes we don't, we pray not having the expectation to be able to know how that prayer has been answered, but that God um, just gave you the gift of just getting to see a part of how he used your prayer and um, what an encouragement that is to you and to like your prayer life. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's an encouragement to us. Um, well, you guys, 
Thank you so much for carving out time and talking to us and people at Faith Church about your ministry. We are so, so, so looking forward to hosting you guys in a few weeks, getting to some of us will be meeting you for the first time. And um, we're going to have lots of ways for um, our listeners to be able to connect with you guys. And so I hope that they take advantage of those opportunities. I know you guys are looking forward to it and um, we're counting down the days. So yeah, we are too. We're so excited. Thanks for listening to this special GoTime podcast. Our Global Outreach Conference kicks off in service on September 19th. For a full schedule of the week-long conference, visit faithchurchindy.com slash gotime. You'll also find other ways to get connected and support our missionaries. I'll leave you with our verse from this year's conference, John 4:36. The harvester isn't waiting. He's taking his pay, gathering in this grain that's ripe for eternal life. Now the sower is arm in arm with the harvester, triumphant.